0: Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining Jewish Stories and More. As we all know, Israel is at war, very, very serious war. And therefore, it's a time to increase in everything of Torah and Mitzvahs. And therefore, we're going to try to increase in stories. And although we are behind at this point, we're going to try to build up and have more stories than before. Now, there's a very interesting story. It's not actually about war per se, but I think there's a lesson for, from it that we can use. And the preface of this story is that being in a war is very, very difficult. It's difficult for the soldiers, It's difficult for the rest of the family who's at home. It's difficult for the whole country. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of tension. There's a lot of danger. There's a lot of sad moments. It's hard. But when we're fighting a war, we have to be in our top form. So how can a person be in their top form when it's so difficult to even think about the fact that we're at war. And so this story, I think, gives us a hint. Once upon a time, there was a very great chassid named Reb Mendel I actually had this chus of speaking with him one time on the telephone, and um, I actually asked him a question. I said, Reb Mendel, can you tell me a story Hasidic story. Something that happened to you because he was very well known. He had been in prison, unfortunately, under the Communists for 20 years. There's many, many Ndlfutafah stories. So I asked him. He said, I I said, I teach children in school and I want to be able to tell them a story. He said, you don't have to hear a story from me. Instead of that, learn Hasidus. Learn Hasidus. Learn the teachings of the Rebbeim. That was his advice, but this is a story about Reb Mendel, and it was basically with a little background. He was a businessman in Russia, but after he came out of Russia, as I said, he was in prison, prison for twenty years. The Lubavitcher Rebbe told him he should become a mephiya in yeshiva. Mephiya means a mentor, an advisor, a guide. Not that he taught classes necessarily but he was a spiritual guide for the Bachram, for the students. And he spent many years, the last part of his life, being a mashpia a spiritual guide uh, for Bachram in Eretz Yisrael. And so, one time, he was fabranging. He was uh, teaching people through the febrangin. It's a unique way of teaching, which we could talk about another time. But he was telling how he was in a certain prison and he was in the second worst room in the prison. Second worst. So, of course, the question is, what was the worst? Well, you see, the second to worst room in the prison was right next to the worst room in the prison. What was the worst room in the prison? So, it's not such a pleasant topic, but it was obviously the room from where prisoners were taken to be lo'oleinu, uh, chas um killed. And so, of course, those prisoners, before they were killed, they were screaming and, you know, uh, and so forth. And in the second to worst room, they heard all this going on. So being in the second to worst room was really, really bad because they constantly heard the noise of these poor prisoners. I don't know if they were really poor prisoners. I mean, most likely they probably were because mostly the communists arrested people on false charges. That's a general rule. They mostly arrested them on false charges. So most probably the people that were in prison and being killed were probably did nothing wrong. But in any case, most people in the second to worst room, unfortunately, Became mentally ill because of the terrible pressure. And that was what happened to the average person in that second to worst room. Hearing all that suffering next to them, most of them just just lost it. They became mentally ill and they could not function. So Mendel said, but I did not become mentally ill sitting in that room. I kept my sechel, I kept calm. And I was able to get through it. Now, how was I able to do that? He said, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I was able to do that. How could it be that a person could sit in that room and hear all that suffering going on, all these people being dragged out, God forbid, to be killed and not lose their mind? I don't know. So one time, when Mendel asked another Chassid. If he could ask the Rebbe, how was it that he was able to survive that? I don't actually know why Mendel didn't ask the Rebbe himself, but that was a story. He asked another chassid to ask the Rebbe, how was it that he was able to be in that second, how Mendel was able to be in that second to worst room, and yet not go crazy, not lose his mental stability. So the Rebbe answered. He said very matter-of-factly, he said, because the Altar Rebbe was with him, the Mitla Rebbe was with him, the Rebbe the Semach Tzadik was with him, the Rebbe uh, Marash was with him, the Rebbe the was with him, and my father-in-law, the previous Rebbe, was with him. And that's why he was able to stay mentally stable. Now, that's quite a lesson In other words, Reb Mendel was in a place that the average person would not be able to stand it. The mental tension and torment would have driven anybody out of their mind, lenu, And it did. drove many people out of their mind. But Reb Mendel, because the Rebbeim were thinking of him, as the Rebbe put it, or with him, that's how he's able to hold on. Now, does that relate to all of us? Obviously, you know, we don't all have such relationships <laughs> with, with the seven Rebbes of Chabad to necessarily have that kind of thought. But I think for anybody, the idea is to stay connected to Hashem. That when we are connected to Hashem, then we can accomplish things with our mind, with the rest of ourselves, that normally we could not accomplish. So it's true, there's terrible pressure in a war, and it's sometimes a person might get depressed and upset and give up and so forth. But when we remember that Hashem was with us, then we can function properly. Yes, it's terrible. It's a tragic situation. Many, many of us know people who were killed or know of people who were killed or tortured or captured, all these terrible things. But yet we have to go on and we have to actually not just go on, we have to win the war. Whether we're soldiers or we're families of soldiers or we are sitting here in Cincinnati or wherever else we are and we have to try to do more mitzvahs and learn more Taita and daven more and say and get people to put up mezuzahs if they don't have them, or put on the film if they have not been in the habit of that, or light Shabbos candles, or give stucca. All these things are what we have to do as members of the reserve. We are not soldiers on the battlefield, but we are soldiers on the battlefield that we really have to do our part in the war effort. And in order to keep... Calm, and in order to keep our our mind working properly, we have to connect with Hashem. In whatever way we do it, whatever way our tradition may be, whatever way our minig is, our 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 customs that we inherited, and our uh, principles of taita that we were taught. However, we do it. Everybody's different. To keep strongly connected with Hashem. And in that way, we will be able to certainly have victory over enemies and not just a little victory, but a complete victory by connecting with Hashem and realizing that we are carrying out Hashem's will. And this is actually spoken about in the Rambam, where he talks about the laws of war, that it requires complete dedication to Hashem, knowing that we are fighting a war for the sake of Hashem. May we have victory immediately. And for us, most of you listening, most probably that includes also learning extra Torah, doing extra mitzvahs. If you're not involved right in the middle of the battle, and some of you may be, um, but, but to do everything we can davening, learning, mitzvahs, and trusting in Hashem, connecting with Hashem, and asking Hashem for His help. May we have a complete victory, and may Mashiach come immediately. Thank you so much for joining Jewish Stories and More.